0: Hey, this is Grandpa. You're listening to Friars on the Farm Podcast. Welcome
1: to episode 215215 of Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan and with
0: me is Roy. Donovan, it's so nice to To come together with you at the end of a
1: long
0: long and frustrating Major League season, but an eventful Minor League season. Absolutely over me.
1: Yeah, so today
0: we get to, we have our little Major League Minute. We've got some Minor League news, notably the Arizona Fall League roster and some end of season accolades. Uh, And then we've got our affiliate rundown, one final affiliate rundown of the season.
1: Right, the final affiliate rundown of the season. It's the and
0: final rundown. Down.
1: <laughs> oh my God, we are '80s. God, we were kids of the '80s. I, oh, I'm we sorry for are. any of our younger listeners in there that have no idea what we're talking about. It's it's all the boomer stuff that you know, we're not. Yeah, it's all the Gen X hey, stuff that
0: we grew up with. Some of the best music of all time. So hear, hear. if they're not familiar with this stuff, maybe we're expanding some minds on that side too.
1: You know, and it's and it's funny how because I work for a university, a lot of kids, they don't like, you know, I, 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 a lot of kids don't know any of the music from the 70s or the 80s. Essentially, their parents' music, you know? I I, I would think that, um, you know, for myself, I'm 53. A lot of the students I talk to, yeah, my dad's, I think my mom's 48, and my, my dad's, I think, 50-something, like, mostly around my age, and they know nothing. You know, they only know the hip-hop. They only know the... the the, the popular, you know, the popular music, um, nothing before. There are handfuls that do, and it kind of gives me the saving grace of, of a generation. But it's interesting how a lot of them will be wearing a Journey T-shirt and go like, oh, I like Journey. What? Oh, your shirt. Oh, I just like the shirt, you know. Um,
0: oh, I can't go for that. Yeah, I'm not the person that's going to quiz people on the street but it's like yeah if you don't know at least a handful of songs why are you wearing the shirt yeah, cuz they like but, the shirt it's yeah. it's, it's cute no yeah, but it's i cute. i so i grew up the car had an AM FM radio and it was list, it was tuned into mom's favorite station which was yeah. KS95 for me and that oh was oh my god you, you never changed the channel cuz mom's driving <laughs> and so that's why i got to know all the oldies and all that stuff yeah. Uh where now I guess I guess kids grow up they they had an iPod, they right. have a phone. There's no yeah, they've got so now they can listen to whatever they want to listen to, there, you know, there's there's choice. Where before it was whatever record your dad put on in the garage, that's what you're listening right. to. You know?
1: Right. And yeah, terrestrial radio it's it, like it, it's completely changed uh now with, with kids these days. You know, we are the last generation that didn't grow up with a cell phone, that didn't grow up with that. Um, music on demand i mean i remember buying n- books for of the of the of the the music of like acdc just for the pictures like it had all the tablature and all that kind of stuff like you would be you know you would read the music but it had a couple pictures of bon scott and, and angus young and then the band together And like i want that and, like now you can just look anywhere like pictures of him on the street you know doing whatever
0: and it's just, just google and print it out from your phone yeah yeah Well, anyway, we're here to talk about baseball. Wow. Yeah. So let's start it off with a little major league minute. Congratulations, Jose Espada for making his major league debut. He pitched a scoreless inning to finish Sunday's drubbing of the Cardinals. uh, And he's made quite the adventure. He made it all the way back from independent league to the majors. It was a real
1: tough, you know, and, and I was stoked to see him. He made it very interesting. And you know those nerves were just like, like you said, coming from the independent league, having this long journey to the major leagues, even in a, a mop up inning, you still have those nerves. You're still on a major league baseball field. And all all that entails that is is running through your veins and your breath. And he made it quite interesting. But um, congratulations to him. It was really, it was really nice to see.
0: Well, if there's ever a great game to to come into to make that debut, it was the last home stand of the season, the last yeah. home game of the season. So the house was packed. It was one of those bananas games where all kinds of great stuff was happening. Tatis making that insane catch in oh right field. Soto had three really good plays in left field, and then offense all over the place. And so he's coming into a, what was it twelve to twelve to two at the time. Yeah, I think it was pretty bad. So you go in, it's like you know what go in and do your thing and don't stress. Yeah, If you wind up giving up a couple runs, we got this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy it. Like I, I remember, I can't remember what manager said. Uh, you know, he gave the uh, advice to a kid and, uh, he said, just listen for your name. Just listen. Just when you walk up, listen to your name. Mm. And, uh, it was a couple of years back when, uh, like, uh, they brought a kid up from high. A. I can't remember what team. I think it was the pirates actually brought up a high A kid. Um, to make a you know an emergency start because of a catcher like all the catches were broken and he was the closest catcher in the area and um I oh can't right because
0: because who... their high a is right near yeah where they were playing yeah yeah
1: and uh you know i can't remember what the manager if it was clint hurdle or who it was but it just said just just listen for your name you know and he went up there and got smoked but like he listened for his name and you're a major leaguer you're in the books
0: yeah. You only get to hear that for the first time once. That's really cool. And then yeah. did you see what happened after the game uh, as they were getting ready to get on the bus? I did. And I, I didn't get it who it was at first because I haven't
1: seen this for a while with the Padres. You see this with all the other teams. I think one of the other teams uh, had everyone dressed up as Ken uh, and the Kennergy thing going on. Um, you see this with other teams, but hardly ever. I don't remember the last time I've seen this with the Padres and I, It was freaking tight. That was absolutely awesome.
0: So they had all the rookies out there dressed up in mariachi outfits, in matching mariachi outfits. Tom Cosgrove had this little guitar, and they all looked so good out there. (laughs) So, yeah, same. It it took me a minute to realize. I'm looking through, and I'm like, okay, that's Cosgrove. That's Avila. Wait, these are all the guys that are still rookie eligible because Avila made his debut a couple years ago.
1: Right. But it's
0: all the guys that are still, air quotes, rookies. So a little hazing, no no harm in that.
1: No harm in that. But the cool thing is, if you look to the left of that picture, is a clear picture of Geekster.
0: Yes. Oh, Michelle, one of the yeah. one of the nicest people you're going to ever meet. What a phenomenal woman!
1: And uh, it's
0: a bummer that she
1: was dragged out of Twitter. Or uh, really, really chased out of Twitter. I, I, I feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Twitter has its dark side, and yeah. it's 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 a shame that people are out there that you know, say mean things and do mean things to people. But, you know, the best you can do is rise above. So she's active on Instagram. If yeah. you guys are aware, Michelle Padres Geekster was her handle on Instagram. I don't even remember what she is on on Instagram anymore. Um, But, yeah, great person. And then right in the middle, there was a kid wearing a big old mariachi hat. <laughs> I don't know if that was – I don't think that was by design. I think that was just right. by coincidence.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, statistically, they, they took that picture out with all the fans. That was the kind of the cool thing
0: right yeah so it sounds like a lot of the players took an extra minute and went and signed some autographs and and talked to some of the fans before getting on the bus usually they just come out of the door they'll maybe wave to somebody and they're getting right on the bus but they knew it's the last chance that yeah. the fans are gonna get to see him this year I, I I like that the guys appreciate that and you know Bob Melvin stepped back out waved to the fans after you know after the game was over um it's nice to because the fans really have come out so oh my strong. God. All Record-breaking season, season attendance insane down there. It's been such a fun scene. Um, and so as disappointing as the play on the field is, at, at least it's still a fun environment around the ballpark.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So let's move on. Hey, so now the biggest news, we go from the minor league season, major league season into the Arizona fall league. And the rosters were announced this week and it was kind of funny. I was kind of wondering who they were going to pick, who was going to get chosen. Um, and a couple of the names are kind of a couple of people that I was was figuring the pitchers are a lot more about the guys that didn't get a lot of work during the year, your Cole Pablum, your Francis Penez. Um, but here here it is. This is Jacob Marcy, Nathan Martarella, Graham Pauly, uh Jagger Haynes, um you know, who has been on the shelf with the blister and then shoulder issues since July, Topsy Club pitchers headed to the Arizona Fall League. Braden Nett, the kid we've been talking about from um undrafted free agent that pitched a couple of really good games in like Elsinore. Cole Paplam, who made it up to Fort Wayne as a closer, just big boy gas throwing. And Francis Pena and Ema- Emmanuel Rodriguez. Now it, it's interesting with Francis Pena, even though he was drafted by uh drafted in the uh you know the Caribbean series or you know for the um Winter leagues. The major league team supersedes any decision for that. So the major league teams give players permission to go play in their respective countries. But I think he's going to do a lot better pitching in the Arizona Fall League uh, than he would say in, in the Dominican for his country, which is you know just as special, I think. But do a lot more, get a lot more out of it pitching uh, in the Arizona Fall League
0: right I mean and you get exposed to some different things you're you're working with all these different coaches from different organizations so you're going to get some different different voices different input um, and I'm always curious, what these guys' missions are. Like if they're sent with a directive of okay, we want you to work on this. Sometimes you'll see guys play in a different position. Sometimes you'll see a pitcher working in a slightly different role than they usually would because the yeah. team has some long-term plan for them. Um I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of that with these guys because I mean Marcy, he's an outfielder, center fielder. Martarella oh, yeah. Martarella throws left-handed, so you can only play him so many places and he's and they do have a bunch of good first basemen on that javelinas uh roster. Um, and then Graham Paulie, and he can play all over the infield, uh, but he's really, you know, kind of second base, third base. I, I don't know if you're gonna see them moving around a whole lot. Um, you know, maybe interesting to see how the pitchers are used, but all of these guys have been used in relief primarily. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So this is what MLB Pipeline has to say about uh, the Padres um Arizona League choices. San Diego's 2022 draft class may have unearthed some true gems with Margarella fifth round, Marcy sixth round, and Pauly 13th round, all reaching double A by the end of their first full seasons. Pauly, a breakout star of the summer, beating the expectations with the 308, 393, 538 line, 22 homers, and 22 steals between single A, high A, and double A, all the A's, um, while never appearing to slow down. While all three could be fatigued after a long campaign, any production they show in Peoria will be fueled for the continued rise.
0: Well, and they get a couple of weeks off. So, you know, I, 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 again, I'm curious, maybe we'll get a chance to talk to one of those three guys and, and hear, okay, how do you manage that? You're done with the season. How do you kind of keep yourself in game shape for the next couple of weeks? Cause you're going to have to turn it right back on. Uh, is it's a whole different environment. Um, yeah, yeah, all three of those guys all drafted 2022, all making huge impacts this year and earning a trip to the Fall League. It's outstanding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's interesting that I wonder if they do. OK, here you go for a week and then you have a week before the season starts. I can't remember. I think the season starts next week on like October 5th. Um, you need to spend some time with that team. So I would suspect they would have three or four days with the team before you know game start and to kind of get to know what's going on um i wouldn't be surprised if they all just got sent right to peoria
0: probably probably take a couple days off and then and then get back at it yeah well speaking of Graham poly Graham Pauly and robbie snelling were named san diego padres 2023 organizational player and pitcher of the year that is high high award so this came from the Padres. The San Diego Padres today announced that infielder Graham Polley as their 2023 organizational minor league player of the year, and named left-handed pitcher Robbie Snelling as minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, Polley, 22, hit 308 with 32 doubles, 23 home runs, and 94 RBI in 127 games across Single A Lake Elsinore, Single A Fort Wayne, and Double A San Antonio. The Alpharetta, Georgia native began his second. Uh, professional season at lake elsinore the 2022 13th round pick out of duke university garnered california league player of the month honors for april following the regular season polly was named a california league postseason all-star on june 27th he was promoted to single a fort wayne where he won midwest player of the week accolades on august 6th before being promoted to san antonio on august 22nd for the remainder of the season
1: yeah, in his first professional season, Snelling combined for eleven and three with a one point eight two ERA, one hundred and eighteen strikeouts against thirty four walks. That's incredible, and limited opposing bats to a two sixteen average in one hundred and three and two thirds innings across Elsinore, Fort Wayne, and San Antonio. The Southpaw led San Diego system in wins and WHIP, one point one two and one point one two, with a minimum of seventy innings pitched. When ranked him on the top and game started with 22, he was fourth, uh, fifth in strikeouts and innings pitched sixth. The 39th overall pick in 2022 first-year player draft began the season at Elsinore and wrapped a California League Pitcher of the Year and Cal postseason All-Star honors. He was promoted from Fort Wayne to Fort Wayne uh, June 27th, where he made seven starts for the Tin Caps. The, the 19-year-old Nevada native spent the balance of his season with San Antonio. Tad does the number 60 overall prospect by MLB. Snelling concluded the regular season by collecting Texas League Player of the Week accolades, highlighted by his five inning, five hitless innings and career tying nine strikeouts on August 30th at Wichita. What an outstanding season for both of those guys. Oh my God. And, and to have, you know, I, I keep saying this, and this is one of the questions we'll we'll talk to, we'll be talking to Michael Daly next weekend. Uh, and we'll have that episode out soon. Where did you, how did you, this guy end up in the 13th round in 2022? I can see maybe this year, there was a pretty deep field in the, in the draft this year, but to have a 13th round guy just break out so much for, you know, three levels all earned. Like that's not Ethan Since getting him up to coaching area guys. He earned every step
0: of the way there. How did he get skipped? Right. And I I've, I like the numbers side of it. So the, the whole thing about how after the 10th round, the first so many dollars don't count towards the pool. It's an interesting tool that those guys use. And so yeah. that 11th, 12th, 13th round is where you see that little sweet spot. And the Padres have been hitting with those with those picks lately.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so we're gonna move it on to our final affiliate rundown of the season. Uh-huh. Affiliate rundown. <laughs> so thank you, Mad Friars, for all that you do. Uh they've come out with some great there's an interview with Cole Paplam up right now. Yeah. Uh they do great work. So uh so Toss them your five bucks a month and sign up, please. We compel you to. So starting off in San Antonio, uh, strike one. This is game two of their playoff series. Yeah. On Thursday, Ryan Bergert struggled with his control Thursday, giving up a pair of earned runs and three overall across just three and two thirds innings. The writing from Ohio posted a 2.86 ERA with strong underlying numbers across 44 regular, se- regular season innings for the missions. After the club fell behind early, San Antonio received a pair of solid bullpen performances led by Bobby Malacchi, who calmed things down with three innings of one run ball. In 83 innings between the missions and 10 caps in 2023, Malaki struck out 77 batters in 83 innings while posting an 8-6 record and a 4.34 ERA. After going 5-0 with the 2.3 ERA in 31 and a third innings for the 10 caps, Carter Lowen was promoted to San Antonio to bolster their postseason bullpen. He delivered Thursday, throwing a perfect inning and striking out a pair of batters. The 24-year-old Lowen, signed after the 2020 draft, has worked his way up the system by striking out 92 batters in 74 and two thirds innings in his three professional seasons. And I want to note that this was his comeback season from Tommy John. He made it through the season healthy. And not only was he healthy, but he was dominant, absolutely dominant coming down the stretch uh, for Fort Wayne. uh, And then for San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, Graham Pauly continues to collect accolades and turn heads with his play (laughs) Thursday's three for five night with a double RBI and some smooth defense at third base will further that cause the Duke prospect slug 23 home runs and 481 at bats across three levels of the organization beginning the season in Lake Elsinore and ending it in San Antonio. Homer Bush Jr. continues to impress in his brief time at AA, contributing a pair of hits, scoring a run, and driving one in as well. The 21-year-old outfielder selected in the fourth round of this year's draft out of Grand Canyon University hit 429 in 28 at bats in the regular season for San Antonio. I was really impressed by Homer Bush being able to move up a level and just keep on chugging. Yeah. Like the guy is unfazed. So that yeah. tells me that there's something in that competitive in, in his heart and also something in his approach that he's doing right that allows him to continue to compete like that
1: yeah you know it's, it's funny Higher the higher you go the better the competition but that more strikes are thrown you know what i mean so it's you know he's hitting strikes and he, he goes up there with a plan and he sticks to the plan and like i said last episode was like i We were kind of questioning, like, that's a little bit of a stretch, even for a kid that's a little bit older, you know, finished college, a little bit of a stretch, having him jump high A, and he just hit the ground running and did not stop, culminating with with that straight dead center bomb that he hit in Amarillo. Now, the funny thing about this Amarillo team is, like, they
0: had guys like
1: Seth Beer on that squad.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I saw him out there, and I'm like, "Wait, hold on! This guy's a veteran, dude." The big donkey
1: Seth beer, played, you know, a couple of years with it in the Diamondbacks, hit a couple of bombs against the Padres when he did, and he's playing a Double A. I mean, come on, guys, look at like a lumberjack out there, <laughs> dude. All right, so uh, strike two. So game three, uh Friday. This is game three. This is the game they lost. This is the end of the season. Um, Friday, Adam Mazur started off on the right on the night strong and struck out the side in the top of the first inning. But too many pitches uh, found the plate in the fourth inning and Amarillo scored four runs. Austin Krob took the mound for San Antonio in the top of the fifth inning. The Southpaw played collegiately at TCU and was a part of the 2020 San Antonio Flying Chonkla's team that participated in the Texas Collegiate League. So that's really cool. He, he, He played in Amarillo.
0: Yeah, um, that was cool. I didn't, I didn't catch it, that. It, Who was it that shared that out there? Do you remember? Um, was it Jorge Salgado or no? Anyway, well, what are the chances right. that you're playing in a in a collegiate wood bat league and then you wind up wearing pretty much the same uniform in Double A? Yeah, that's pretty
1: tight. Ah, uh, he retired all three batters in the first inning of work. In the sixth, Crab hit beer with the pitch to start the frame, and while the pitch allowed him to move, Wait, does just, that does that make it a beer frame? A bare frame ray <laughs> knocked the bear down. Uh, a wild pitch allowed him to move into scoring position, and Robinson drove him home with a single to right field. I I was impressed. I watched, you know, Major was was a little bit of hard luck on him. wasn't that sharp, but Austin Kropp came in and just just Kevin of really just held his own, and I thought that was really impressive for a kid so young. He won, da, 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 da. Uh, Jason Blanchard tossed up win in a third scoreless frames across the seventh and eighth inning. The Southpaw allowed one hit in the bottom of the eighth inning before handing the ball off to Lake Bucker.
0: So there's a lot of pitching talent on that double A team. Yeah. So we're looking ahead to, you know, 2023 is pretty much done. We got one more week in the regular season at the major league level, and then you can put a cap on it. Uh, but looking ahead to what's going to happen next year, there's going to be a lot of opportunities on the pitching side. And I know a handful of these guys that are down in San Antonio are going to get an opportunity next year. It's going to be exciting. So I'm looking at Carter Lowen, Lake Bakker, Austin Krobb, guys like that are, are going to be at the front of the list. I think when, when, uh, when we're breaking spring training camp next year.
1: Yeah. I, uh I kind of think the same way. I, maybe some late, Late spot start stuff, you know, going from double A, going, you know, let's see what happens after, you know, the next season in double A. What happens if any of those guys make it to the Pacific Coast League and what a nightmare it is to pitch in there? And, you know, we've seen it before guys just skip, they'll skip El Paso simply because they don't want those guys being exposed to, um, not the quality of the play, but just the, the fields that they play in are just, it's a nightmare. Uh, And as a confidence killer, look what happened to Jay Groom this year. Just, I mean, he fell apart in the Pacific coast league. And I'm sure a lot of that isn't just the Pacific coast league. It's a lot of it
0: with him, but working in that environment can't help at all. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not just the Padres that are, that are facing that, you know, there's half the league has a triple A team in the PCL. Um, So I, I wonder if, so, Colorado, their triple A team is Albuquerque. I wonder if they're doing that kind of to acclimate guys to okay, this you need to succeed in right. high altitude. <laughs> it makes sense for them, but everybody else in the league, you know, if you're if you're playing in Reno or in Las Vegas or whatever, and good luck. If the wind's yeah. blowing out and you're a flyball yeah. pitcher, it's gonna be a long day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I um I had I had uh coffee with uh, a friend of mine that works in another organization in the player development and that was one of the first questions i asked her was so how do you guys feel about the pacific coast league she's like oh it's a nightmare it's a it's a nightmare with with trying to you know trying to see what these guys can do because if it's just you know the guys are either raking or they're getting shelled so it's not only our organization that are having these guys that have to deal with this stuff um it's i think it's league-wide and those guys that do really 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 well you know, they, you know, they do well in the major leagues. And some of the other guys that, you know, have mixed results like Pedro Avila, although he had a lot of strikeouts in 2022, um, you know, wasn't lights out this year. But you get him an even playing field and you give those guys a chance, really.
0: Right. I mean, that's, that's the flip side of it is you get somebody like Jose Perella that goes down to AAA and just goes off. And you're right. looking at the numbers like, How can you how can you not bring this guy up? He's just hitting tanks and driving in runs, hitting for average, getting on base, and then you bring him up to the major leagues, and it's a whole different thing. So how do you evaluate that? How do you how do you judge what numbers are real and what's a facade? So let's talk about it for a minute before we get moving on. Yeah, okay. Um, The this pitching
1: that's in double A. I am you know with what's going on with the with the big league club and. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do and how they do it with uh, the talk of, you know, the payroll staying at around the 200 million mark. Right. Um, They've said that before in the past and it's gone through the roof. It seems like this time they really mean it. And, you know, extenuating circumstances I think have fueled that, um, that fire that, you know, that we're not going to be, you know, shelling out tens of millions of dollars to players. Um, but yet, I still think a lot of these guys are at least at least a year away. You know, at least when You can squint and see Robbie Stelling if he has a fantastic double A season and he comes at the triple A, maybe for a spot start. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. But you know, Adam Mazer, you know, Krob, you know, Robbie Berger. I, mean, I see Robbie Berger coming up and making a stop, spot start. Um, but really, they're going to have to wait for those guys to come in twenty five.
0: Right. Well, that's that's more of the context I'm talking about is is the depth that supports the major league yeah. team. So you're losing Snell. Um, there's a good chance that Waka Lugo may walk. You'd may Martinez might walk. Really. You're bringing back Musgrove and Darvish. And that's about it for the starting rotation right now. Everything else is a question mark. But I'm, I'm not looking at those guys down to double A like pencil them in for the rotation next year. No, no. Second half of the season, somebody gets yeah. hurt. And then look at what Matt Waldron has done. Now, all of a sudden, he's starting to look like somebody who he might be a, a legit contender for a rotation spot next spring. And yeah. and he's taken a couple of big steps this year. And so that's that's more the context yeah. I'm talking about because they're going to have to find help from outside to fill out the rest of that major league. But you're, you're losing guys off the bullpen. You're losing, you know... And teams need so much depth, and that's yeah. what has been lacking, especially this year. We didn't have that the depth pieces. Jay Groom was supposed to be, we were all counting on him. We thought he might make the rotation out of spring training. Yeah. And Brian Weathers wasn't, he never quite got his legs under him. Anderson Espinosa couldn't get going. Um, and so when when they're relying on you know Nick Martinez to start off a bullpen game. That's uncomfortable. And it's a lot better yeah. if you can pull somebody up from double AA, A, triple A that's gonna give you five strong. Um, yeah, and, and I feel like that's more where these guys are gonna be this time next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And some of the some of the pieces that that they signed in the offseason to 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 you know your your Nelson Cruz's your um God, he was at fantasy camp, the the right fielder from the Rockies. I thought he did okay. Oh, David
0: Dahl, David Dahl, David yeah. David Dahl. Like these guys they just didn't
1: pan out and those are the pieces where you own om- those those are the pieces that really make a solid playoff contending team. You have your top four or five guys that you rely on, but all your other, you know, your role players on the squad that really has to perform to make a team click on all heels.
0: Well, I'd like to think that Matthew Batten, Eggie Rosario, Jose Zocar have shown us something that that they can be that fringe of the roster kind of guy. I mean, Campusano yeah. has been outstanding now that he's had a chance to play. Uh, almost every day. Uh, So there's a lot to believe in. So pitching staff-wise on on the AA roster, you've got Jairo Iriarte, Adam Mazur, Ryan Bergert, Efren Contreras, Austin Krobb, Daniel Camarena might be a free agent after the year, Jared Kolar, Gabe Moser, Brian Gonzalez, Duncan Snyder. Most of those guys are going to be back next year in the organization. And at least half of them, I'd like to think you, you can squint and see a major leaguer in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. African trails, dude. He I see him, he might be a bullpen piece. He
0: might he be the guy that comes out of the bullpen.
1: Yeah. And, and hey, think, you need that too. Yeah, you know, and I don't think you have to squint that hard to see him do that.
0: No, he's he was showing some of that bulldog in those playoff games. Yeah, we gotta get a hold of him because isn't him and his wife have the Mexican food place in Fort Wayne. Is that right? Right. We need uh, to get the scoop on that. Uh Okay, that well, was, we that was the, the story that we were told. Okay, so let's move on to El Paso. Okay, so bringing it home, this is the final, the final affiliate rundown. Uh, strike one. Thursday was a bullpen day for the Chihuahuas, uh, and they held up their end of the bargain, but the offense struggled and they lost in extras. Aaron Brooks took the mound to start the game, making his fourth start of the season. Brooks was impressive, throwing three innings of one hit ball, walking one and striking out two. The 33 year old righty is four and three with a 4.95 ERA and 51 strikeouts in 63 and two thirds innings uh, in the 2023 season, all with El Paso. See, I don't know what to make of that. A 4.95 ERA, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. 51 strikeouts in 63 innings isn't great, right. but maybe he's more of a contact guy. Right. How do you know? Maybe we can talk to Mike Daly and ask him that question. Um, after spending the 2020 and 2021 seasons in Korea, Brooks has signed minor league free agent contracts each of the last two years. And that's, you know, that seems to be something that that Preller has done well is keeping these guys on year to year minor league contracts. Yeah, and You know, so I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. Moises Lugo delivered two no-hit innings. He's another guy to keep an eye on. Walking two and striking out two to bounce back from two consecutive rough appearances. The 24-year-old owns a a 5.4 ERA in September, a marked improvement over August 6.17 mark, and a 9.35 in July, following a scoreless four and two-thirds innings in June. The 24-year-old righty came into the year with a chance to reach the big league bullpen, but has seen his season go sideways. Um, I feel like he kind of got lapped a little bit by who was the big Dominican guy they brought in uh, to start the season. Tapia, yes, thank Tapia. you, Domingo Tapia. As they both were, they're both similar-looking guys, similar yeah. builds, similar kind of repertoire. Uh, so you bring somebody in on that minor league free agent deal, they kind of step in front of your uh, your your guys that you know you're going to have control over for another year um injuries have limited jared dale to 78 at bats in the 2023 season still he's made good work of it posting a 763 ops across three levels including a 762 mark with el paso in 10 at bats since being promoted from fort wayne with the 10 cap season over dale is getting work with the chihuahuas and tonight's two for four performance is a season highlight for the australian infielder i guarantee you he's gonna be playing in the arizona uh arizona summer league our winter And he's probably going to go off now that he's finally kind of filled out a little bit. He's starting to hit for some power.
1: Are you thinking about Australia? You said Arizona.
0: That's what I meant. Yes. Australia. Thank you. Um, Where was I? Chandler. Chandler Siegel. After collecting a pair of hits, also collecting a pair of hits was Chandler Siegel who backstopped tonight's marathon bullpen game. The 27 year old Appalachian state alum is batting 241 with a 646 OPS since being promoted to El Paso. Definitely a glove first kind of guy, but I could see you remember how Webster Rivas kind of stuck around for a while. And then all of a sudden he got called up. Rocky Gale, kind of the same thing. You're looking at, I don't know. You know, he's, he seems like the the guy that they keep around to work with the pitchers in AAA. And the next thing you know, big league call up. So yeah, someday I hope the sun shines on Chandler Siegel like that.
1: Yeah. He's got that. He's got superhero good looks, dude. And and like you said, he he's one of those guys where you keep him in the organization because he does so well with the pitching staff. And with, you know, obviously they, they want to keep Ethan Salas around with, you know, with the pitchers that are in double A. But Ethan Salas could learn a lot with a Chandler Siegel in the system. A lot of this, these guys can learn a lot from having that guy that's been around for a real long time on top of, you know, still playing for a chance to play in the major leagues. So, you know, a part of development is having the players in place that help players succeed and develop as well as just the development staff. Okay, here we go. Strike two. <sighs> Saturday, the Chihuahua's free fall, and the last series of the year continued as the team dropped their seventh game in a row to extend the longest losing streak in team history. Yes, Aaron Lesher struggled in his last start of the year, giving up a season-high six walks and only making it through three innings. Lesher has been much better this year when starting with a 4.28 ERA in 40 innings That then coming out of the bullpen with a 6.49 ERA in 23, uh, 23 and two-thirds innings. Of the El Paso pitchers that made at least nine starts this year, the next best ERA was Anderson Espinosa with a 6.32 ERA. Yuck, yuck. Infielder Jose, but yet there were some. Lester had shown some really good starts. He had some really nice starts, and for a minute there, I was saying on the pod. Oh, he, you know, he could be in tune for a for a spot start. So let's hope next year he can take that next step forward and be one of those guys that's knocking on the door with a spot start. A little bit of death in the for the major league team.
0: You know that's one of those where it's like when they had the uh the opportunity come up and you've got maybe you've got Waldron and you've got Lesher and somebody in the decision making room is like okay heads it's going to be Waldron tails it's going to be Lesher and I, right you know i wonder how these decisions get made sometimes it's it's got to be tough
1: it is tough so infielder Jose Canseco, who was recently called up for Lake Elsinore after spending the majority of the season in the ACL, was placed on the seven-day IL. And Connor Hollis, fresh after playing in the missions, deciding game three Friday, was called up to replace him. The infielder, who won the Texas League batting championship last season but struggled for most of this season with the missions, reached base three times. Hollis had a huge September hitting 360 with four extra base hits in 15 games. Last season in 24 games in AAA, he hit 310 with 830 OPS. Carlos Luis had a single and now has a hit in all five games since being promoted from Fort Wayne. After a strong 2022 campaign, the 24-year-old corner infielder has seen his production fall off to a 647 OPS this year with a double today, Tercial Ronalds has 20 extra base hits in 54 games for a 792 OPS. His continuing his counting statistics are nice, but the numbers take taken into context of the PCL are slightly below average. That's another one of those things where the 395 average is average. It's like wreck ball. If you're not hitting 300 or 350, like why are you even there? <laughs> But the numbers taken in the context of the PCR slightly below average with a WRC plus of 94. The Chihuahuas will try to prevent being swept in their last game of the Padres system's 2022 season
0: on Sunday. And they did that. Uh-oh. So strike three on Sunday, needing a win to avoid finishing the year on an eight-game losing streak. And it's this wasn't just an eight-game losing streak. It seems like for the past month, they've been... They've been losing it. What I started doing was when the Chihuahuas would post their game score at the end, I found a GIF of a dog that looks very disappointed. Uh, and I started just replying with that unhappy looking dog. Uh, <laughs> and I was, was a, doing it every single day, it felt like. It was a tough season for the Chihuahuas. It really was. So on Sunday, needing a win to avoid finishing the year on an eight-game losing streak and in the cellar of the Pacific Coast League, El Paso jumped out to an early lead and put up a 6 spot in the fourth inning, cruised to a 10-3 victory in East Texas. They finished the year 62-88, and the club's worst record since relocating from Tucson. Daniel Johnson, one of 15 players on the active roster in line for minor league free agency next month, finished a great run with the Chihuahuas with three doubles out of the leadoff spot. The New Mexico State alum hit 296, 384, 583 in 28 games for El Paso after spending most of the first five months of the year in double A. He matched his career best with 19 homers and set a new high mark with 30 stolen bases. He's been the bright story for the second half for the Chihuahuas, being the local boy done good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's going to get an opportunity with the Padres. He's, that's the kind of guy that is looking for the shortest route to a major league job. Yeah. So he's probably going to sign somewhere else, but best wishes to him. Evan Mendoza, who spent m- much of his first season in the organization on the mission's injured list, came through with his first homer and second stolen base since joining El Paso. The 27-year-old infielder who the Padres selected out of the Cardinals organization in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft finished with a 561 OPS in 31 games, more than 100 points below his career line. I remember looking him up before the season, and power isn't really a part of his game. He's a utility guy. He can get on base a bunch. Doesn't have a whole lot of power, but has a really steady glove.
1: Dude, but he also, if you follow him on Instagram, he is an excellent Instagram follower. He'll give you a day in the life of a minor league player all the time. It's really cool.
0: Love that stuff. Yeah. Okay, Anderson Espinosa picked up his career best eighth win of the year, allowing just one earned run and striking out seven over five innings. Boy, has it been a Jekyll or Hyde kind of a season for Anderson. While his 6.15 ERA was a disappointment after returning to the Padres organization, the righty worked 131 and two-thirds innings. It set a he set a new personal high with 117 strikeouts. So I guess the health and there, you have to look through and try to find the bright spots, the silver yeah. linings. Um, you know, I don't know what his status is. He might be another guy that's going to be a free agent after the year. I would, I would think so. Uh, Kevin cops and Sean Reynolds. These are two guys that are definitely coming back next year. They each worked a scoreless inning in the victory after a nightmare start to his tenure in the organization. This is Sean Reynolds. Um, after he came over from the Marlins with Garrett Cooper at the trade deadline, Reynolds finished his year with four straight shutout innings despite allowing five runners to reach base. The six foot eight righty, who posted a 3.5 ERA in the International League before the trade, finishes with a 13.5 ERA in 16 PCL innings. That's that an is- ugly ERA. But again, another question for Mike Daly. Okay, how do you look at how Sean Reynolds end the season and what positives do you draw from that?
1: Yeah. And how much of that is the league itself?
0: Right. Well, I mean, he's got command issues for sure. And he's, yeah. walk, he's walking a lot of guys, but you're in a new organization. You're in a new ballpark. You're working with new catchers, new coaches. Um, yeah. And plus there's the whole, I'm sure there's an emotional roller coaster that you go through yeah. when you get traded like that. And there's a reason why guys that get traded mid-season tend to fall off right you know you bring in this new guy that you think is going to be your stud like Machado going to the Dodgers from the Orioles and he struggled with them that first that that half season yeah well it, it,
1: interesting Kevin Cobb is another one of those guys that certainly is going to get a major league invite and could make his way into the a, a, bull, a bullpen role if not out of the gate next season certainly during the season uh when they need a spot you know guy in the bullpen
0: so going forward, I hope we see less of clogging up the roster just to hang on to somebody or giving somebody a roster spot that has limited um utility, I'll say. Right. Right, You know, so this year, the whole first half of the season, carrying two guys that are pretty much DH only on the major league roster, really handcuffed what Bob Melvin was able to do um, as far as substitutions and, and all that stuff. And at the same time, I believe it also kind of wore out the position players because you don't get a rest. If you're ha Kim, you got to play second base every day because you don't get a rest very often. Yeah. Yeah. Um And I think that that filters down the organization. You don't have a lot of room now that you don't have the, you're limited to what is it, 160 players on the domestic uh, rosters. You you don't have a lot of room for you just to hang on to somebody in hopes that they're going to turn into something.
1: Yeah, it's 175 this year and next year it will be 165. Mm. So we lose 10 more roster spots. And that's true. We didn't have guys like Eddie Rosario and, and, you know, those guys to give anyone in the infield and the outfield that day off, so they those guys played a lot of baseball. And and when you're not doing well, continuing to play, you you know you tend to try harder and and, and try to make adjustments. And and as much as they can say, you know, we're just going to keep playing, we're just going to stick to my, you know, the, all the the plethora of you know platitudes that that players give you. You know, underneath that is the truth, and it's just like as they struggle, you struggle. Well, there it is. The last affiliate rundown.
0: Of uh, the 2023 season. But we're not done. We're we gonna keep on done. going. We're gonna cover the Arizona Fall League. Once all the winter leagues start up, we're gonna talk about all that stuff. We're gonna be reaching out to players and front office folk and broadcasters oh, yeah. and, and all of that. Uh, trying to continue to bring you guys some content throughout the winter.
1: Absolutely. And that's gonna be the fun part, seeing who we can get a hold of, maybe a couple of guys that you know we've had on the past and see what they're doing this season um, in the off season. Uh, I would like to reach out to maybe another front office personnel person uh, and maybe AJ Casavell. certainly a Sam Levitt. Love to talk to that guy. Um, And we'll go from there. We'll see where it it goes. And uh, damn, till then, you can find me on Twitter at sd
0: Donovan. You can find me at Zippy underscore TMS. Until next time. Until next time.